Let us pray. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. 1 Kings 18.39 Lord, I want you to know that you can trust me with challenging and difficult assignments. When I am faced with having to stand strong in my faith and to stand on the side of godliness, I will not waver to gain the acceptance of the masses like the king and prophets in 1 Kings 18. Instead, I will stand side by side with you, Lord, awaiting your directions and guidance. I confess today that I am not afraid to be the only one. I'm not afraid to be the only one to operate with integrity. I'm not afraid to be the only one who follows your word when others choose compromise. I'm not afraid to declare your mighty works in a world who wants me to take credit for what I have. When there is doubt in the lives of your children, I will rest in your power to speak boldly and to point them back to you so that they can flourish once again. I hear the sound of rain in the distance, and I thank you in advance for refreshing the dry areas in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for making prayer a priority in your life. To hear the Bible come to life, stay tuned for The Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Elijah on Mount Carmel. In our last story, we learned about the faithful provision of God in Elijah's life. A great drought filled the land of Israel, yet God continued to meet Elijah's needs. The drought was a symbol of Israel's spiritual state. They had strayed away from the Lord and worshipped other gods. As a result, they were destitute. In this story, Elijah showcases the mightiness of God against the false gods of Israel. Elijah stands in direct opposition to the prophets of Baal in a cosmic battle of nature, inspired by the book of First Kings. Hello, I'm Pastor Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In our previous time together, we saw God provide miraculously for Elijah in the midst of a drought that was devastating Israel. God's people were experiencing the judgment of a righteous and holy God from whom their hearts had turned as they worshiped Baal, the false gods of the pagans. The Lord had used this period of need and provision in Elijah's life to strengthen and deepen his faith as he prepared for many battles ahead. And today, We'll hear how the clash between God and the prophets of Baal and Asherah leads to an amazing display of God's power at a place called Mount Carmel. The country of Israel was scorched and forsaken. For three years the soil received no rain. The land was parched, and the people of Israel were lost in a daze of thirst and misery. King Ahab was forced to govern Israel in dire circumstances. Deep down, though he would not admit it, he knew that it was the Lord who kept the rain from falling. One morning, the Lord spoke to Elijah. The Lord spoke as if giving a commission and a warning. Go to King Ahab, he said. Tell him that rain is coming. So Elijah took off. Ahab had been seeking out Elijah for quite some time for he knew that Elijah was someone who could entreat of the Lord to send rain. Elijah knew he would not receive a warm welcome from the king. Meanwhile, back in Samaria, a deathly famine was spreading throughout the land. King Ahab sent his most faithful servant, Obadiah, to search for sources of water. Obadiah was a faithful follower of the Lord and had a proven past of bravery in the midst of great distress. One time, when the wicked Jezebel tried to kill one hundred of the Lord's prophets, 
Obadiah hid them safely in caves. Night and day he tended to their needs and kept them safe. Obadiah was well known for his compassion and bravery. Ahab commissioned Obadiah to find springs of water. Obadiah went one way, and Ahab went the other. As Obadiah was on his search, he saw Elijah walking towards the palace. Obadiah stopped dead in his tracks. Quivering with excitement and fear, he fell at Elijah's feet and said, Is that really you, Elijah? Elijah smiled. He was happy to see a friendly face. He helped Obadiah to his feet and said, Yes, my friend, I have come to see the king. Go and tell him I am here. Obadiah shook his head and grabbed Elijah by the shoulders. No, he shouted. If I go and tell Ahab you are here, he will harm me for letting you get away. He has been searching for you for months. He blames you for the drought. Obadiah composed himself and forced a smile. If I go and tell the king you are here and you do not show up, he will surely kill me. Elijah tried to reassure Obadiah that all was well. But Obadiah shook his head again and said, Ahab's wife Jezebel began an inquisition of God's prophets. I had to hide them in caves. You are not safe here, Elijah. Elijah planted his feet firmly in the ground and took Obadiah's hand. He looked him in the eye and said, I swear by the Almighty, I will be there shortly. Take courage. Obadiah clenched Elijah's hand and let out a sigh. A slight grin came upon his face a grin that could only come from a man with true faith in God. He nodded his head and left to go tell King Ahab of Elijah's return. Elijah did not get far before Ahab and his men came out to meet him. The king came with a large crowd behind him. Rumors of Elijah being the cause of the drought had spread throughout Israel. Elijah could feel their glares burning through his skin. Ahab sat upon his camel. He was a taller man, muscular and handsome, yet three years of drought and conflict had aged him rapidly. Weariness could be seen from under his eyes. Ahab glared down at Elijah. Ah, it is the troublemaker Elijah, Ahab said with a slight slur. Ahab was unsteady and volatile. He and his wife Jezebel already proved they were capable of intense violence. Yet something in Elijah gave him boldness to speak truthfully. I have made no trouble, Elijah exclaimed. He projected his voice so everyone present could hear. He pointed to Ahab and said, You and your family have brought this on yourself. You worship the gods Baal and Asherah. They have brought you only pain. Elijah held his arms open wide. Summon all of Israel to join me at Mount Carmel. Bring with you the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah. We shall see whose God is worthy to be praised. The next morning, Ahab summoned thousands of people to watch Elijah stand against the 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah. Elijah looked at the sea of people. He loathed that there had to be a spectacle to show them the error of their ways. Elijah found a large stone to stand on so he could be seen by every man and woman present. He raised his hand into the air and shouted, You waver and hobble between two masters. First you serve God, and then you serve Baal and Asherah. No longer. If the Lord is worthy, follow him. However, if Baal shows himself to be God, then follow him. The people were silent at Elijah's words. 
They waited. They needed proof. They needed a show. It was truly ironic. Baal was supposed to be the god of fertility and weather, yet the heavens closed and gave no rain. All the people's prayers to Baal were never answered. Elijah stood among the people and said, Here Baal has four hundred fifty prophets. The Lord has only me. Bring two bulls forth. The people brought two bulls and killed them for a sacrifice. Elijah continued, saying, The prophets of Baal may choose whichever bull they think is best. We will lay our bulls on the wood for sacrifice. Elijah lifted his staff in the air and yelled, Call upon the name of your God, and I shall call on mine. Whoever answers with fire upon the altar shall be the true God. Elijah's words rolled like thunder. He stepped down. His eyes did not leave the false prophets. His righteous anger burned deep. Elijah allowed the prophets of Baal to go first. They prayed from morning until noon. They shouted, sang, and danced around the altar. Elijah watched them as they hobbled on one leg, fell on their faces towards the ground, and chanted in ancient dialects. For hours he suffered the incoherent babbles of these false prophets. Finally, as the sun was at its highest in the sky, Elijah began to mock them. He yawned and folded his arms. You may have to shout louder, Elijah scoffed. Perhaps he is lost somewhere daydreaming. Or perhaps he is relieving himself out back. It could also be that he is away on a journey or asleep. Maybe if you shout louder, you could wake him up. The prophets continued their shouts. As was the custom, the prophets took out their blades and swords and began to cut themselves on the altar. Blood gushed from their arms and legs, spilling out onto the floor. They writhed in pain, rolling around in their own gore. The sun was beginning to set, and Elijah could take no more of their nonsensical idol-worshipping. Clouds slowly crept into the sky, making their way over the people down below. Elijah drew people towards the altar. He set up twelve stones to represent the twelve tribes of Israel, and dug a large trench around the altar. The people filled the trench with three gallons of water. They poured more water over the wood. Again, Elijah said. So they drenched the wood again with water. Again, Elijah repeated. So again, they dumped more water over the wood and offering. Elijah knelt before the sopping wet altar. The whole area was silent, listening in on Elijah's prayers to God. Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove yourself today. Answer me and answer these people. Make them understand your deliverance. As Elijah was speaking, a great flash of lightning fell down from heaven. The altar erupted into flames, sending ash and debris flying into the air. The offering, the wood, and the stones were ground into a powder, and the water evaporated into the intense heat of the flames. The might of God had descended upon the altar. The same God that sent fire spilling from heaven against the Egyptians had proved himself to be just as present as before. The people of Israel fell onto their faces and began to repent before the Lord. The Lord! He is God! The Lord is God! they shouted. Elijah looked at the bleeding and babbling prophets and pointed to them. Take these prophets away! Do not let a single one of them escape! So the mob of people took them. The false prophets were dragged into the Kishon Valley and slaughtered for their wickedness. 
their blood painted the valley red. That day, Baal did not answer them. Thunder began to roll in through the clouds. Elijah looked up to heaven and then looked down again to King Ahab. Elijah smiled and said, You better go home and eat. Seems to be a rainstorm coming. So Ahab and the people of Israel retreated back into their homes. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. Ahab stayed a while and watched as Elijah climbed. There, high above the city, Elijah bowed among the clouds. Thunder surrounded him in every direction. Thick black clouds covered the skies. Elijah prayed on his knees to God with his face held high to heaven. Elijah turned back to his servant and said, Go and tell Ahab to retreat on his chariot before the rain catches him. The winds became violent, and soon it was difficult to stand upright. Elijah tucked his cloak into his belt and began running. The Lord gave him special strength to run faster than the rain and Ahab's chariot. Behind him, the rain began to consume the dry and thirsty valley. As we open today's scripture, Israel is still plagued with drought. Rain had not fallen for three years. King Ahab, a wicked king, ruled the land in this challenging time, and rather than turn to God, Ahab continued in his wickedness, letting the worship of false gods destroy the land. The people had suffered greatly for their unfaithfulness, just as God through Elijah had told King Ahab it would. But now it was time for the rains to return. Now is a time for revival. So the Lord spoke to Elijah and told him to go to Ahab, saying God would send rain. So Elijah went off to see the king. Meanwhile, Ahab was desperately looking for solutions to his big problem. He sent his servant Obadiah to look for grass and water for the animals. The king took a search party in one direction, and Obadiah went the other way. Now, unlike the king, Obadiah feared God and had protected God's prophets when Ahab's wife Jezebel, a very wicked woman, was hunting them down to kill them. When Obadiah encountered Elijah, he was thrilled to see him. But when Elijah told him to go tell the king he was coming, Obadiah was terrified because Ahab was evil and violent, and if he returned without Elijah, he was sure to have his head. In other words, Obadiah compromised. But Elijah reassured Obadiah that the Lord would protect him, so he did finally go away to tell the king. When Ahab and Elijah finally met up, rather than acknowledge his fault in the drought, Ahab deflected the blame. He called Elijah a troublemaker, but Elijah told Ahab that he was the troublemaker, that he had brought judgment upon Israel. The worship of all the false gods would certainly bring ruin upon God's people. Elijah told Ahab to summon the 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah to Mount Carmel. It was time for a showdown. It would be a battle of the gods. Now, I want you to picture this scene. Thousands of people gathered on a mountain for a battle of belief, a battle of faith between 850 false prophets against one lone man standing for God, the man Elijah. Elijah was full of faith. He was confident. He knew God would come through just as he promised, and he knew the people had a choice to make. So in 1 Kings 18.21, this is what Elijah says to the people. 
How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. In other words, they refused to make a decision. He then had two bulls brought, one for God and one for the false idols. The prophets of Baal could choose the bull they saw fit. Then each bull would be killed and laid on the wood and be sacrificed. The challenge was a simple one. Each party would call on their deity to bring fire upon the altar and consume the animal, and they would see which God answered, because the God who is God would answer with fire. The prophets of Baal, of course, failed because their God was a non-existent God. He was indifferent because he did not exist. They began to cut themselves and bleed on the altar and to cry out and to shout, but to no avail. The gods that Israel had given their lives to, turning from the Lord to follow after these Baals, were powerless and silent. Just a word of application here. The false gods of our own age are powerless to meet the deepest needs of the human heart. Never give your energy or your devotion or your faith to what does not really exist. In the end, as is always the case, the false gods would never come through. And then it was Elijah's turn. A mere fire wouldn't do. The people needed a sign that they could not reject or ignore. So he had gallons of water dumped on the altar, drenching the bull and the wood. Why did he do this? I like what someone said, a God who cannot burn wet wood is not a God at all. (laughs) So the wood is wet, but Elijah prayed a prayer to remind everyone that God is God, the God of their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when he called upon the Lord in prayer to show his power, a great explosion took place. A great fire, like a nuclear attack, fell from heaven and consumed everything, beast, wood, stone, and water. The people then fell on their faces, praising God. Elijah then had every last prophet of Baal put to death. He knew that their evil deception could not remain in the land. The cancer had to be cut out. Our passage closes with rain gathering in the skies. Elijah tells King Ahab to run back to Jezreel before the rain came, and Ahab takes his chariot and rode away. God then strengthened Elijah with supernatural strength, and he sped to outrun Ahab's chariot and arrive in Jezreel ahead of the king, ready to serve as God's counsel to a king who needed to turn the nation back to God. Would Ahab change his ways? And what would happen to Elijah, who had killed Jezebel, the terrible queen's prophets? We'll find out in our next reading. Dear Lord, we are reminded from this powerful story just how much we need revival in our world today. We ask that you would send the fire to your people and your churches, the fire of your spirit, that it would ignite us in true devotion to you. May we tear down the false idols of this world. And may we worship you and you only with our whole hearts. Lord, help us not to limp between two opinions, believing one thing one day and another thing the other. But may our strength and our convictions be strong as we walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. 
Download the Pray.com app and make prayer and Bible study a priority in your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love, share it with a friend, pass it on because this podcast can make a huge difference in people's lives. I'm hearing wonderful stories of the impact of God's Word as a result of listening to Bible in a Year. And if you want more biblical resources, resources from God's Word that will enable you and assist you in your walk with God, then be sure to visit jackgraham.org. That's jackgraham.org. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Welcome to the Pray News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we'll unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Pray News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.